Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> I just noticed. I just noticed in a promo video, I got this shirt on. So, you know, I kind of got. <laughs> you ever done <laughs> Jeff don't take baths, y'all. I ain't never wearing this shirt again. <laughs> Jeff is hygienically incorrect. <laughs> I'm like, how's that? Lord have mercy. Oh, it's all you good. got two shirts. That's okay. I, I didn't <laughs> wear this shirt when my mic's covering up. I didn't wear this Just Mercy shirt like nine times on the show. So, yeah, man. What's happening, everybody? Tap in, uh, like, share. You know what to do. You know what to do. I'm going to start calling. We're going to have a new nickname. We call them Rip Nation. Everybody's a nation now. Rip. Yes. Rip Nation. Nation. Let's go, baby. With the Rip Nation. Nation. Browns Nation. Uh, by my boy's church in Dayton, the Calvary Nation. I have my one friend. Is like his church uh, is like three people. And I'm like, the nation is your family, dude. What's... So Rip Nation, how y'all doing? What's going on? We need that shirt. Larry, make that shirt. The Rip Nation shirt. Rip Nation. <laughs> Rest in peace, nation. Well, it's, it's another week of religiously incorrect. So, Jeff, are we fully in the post-Easter slump yet? Or are we doing all right? What's the... I, you know, I mean, we are doing okay. I, I tell you what, man, I I woke up yesterday sick as a dog. Um, and so today I felt like Michael Jordan, you know, uh, preaching uh, while sick. But um, I knew I was going to be in uh, Orlando next week, so I didn't want to miss two Sundays in a row. So I pressed through it, and God came through, and he worked it out. And so here we are. But uh yeah, man, I think, you know, we, you know, it's, it's definitely a post Easter, you know, you, you still looking for those who came out on Easter and they ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. Ain't coming back. <laughs> it's like, I see you next Easter night. So, right. Yeah. Easter's Mother's Day and Christmas, man. That's, that's how it be, man. It's, it, it's, but I mean, it. But what do you expect? It's a tradition, so there's nothing wrong with it, man. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I love him. I, I'm. I'm happy. I'm going to preach to you on Easter, like it's uh like you coming back next week anyway. So, right, right, right. Well, Jeff, here's what's going on in the world. What's going on? Uh, black lives still don't matter. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, we can apparently. wear all. We can wear all the shirts, hats. Socks, yeah. we want to. Black lives still don't matter. What's up, Pastor Tatum, uh, Nicole, Pastor Lady Lady Dela Cruz? Uh, Black lives still don't matter, apparently. So the Derek Chauvin trial is going on. And while the Derek Chauvin trial is going on, they're like, you know what? Let's just kill somebody else. You know, in the same area. In the same, same, same area. And I'm not even saying that to be joking because as Black people, we know you have to laugh to keep from crying. Absolutely. Because this is so doggone ridiculous. It is. And, it is. you know, you're talking a 25, 26-year veteran who trains other people, who, who trains other people who mistakes uh, a taser for a gun and, and shoots a brother. And, of course, to be a whole other story. Then you got, who else, what else we got going on? You got Army Vet Guy. You Army got G.I. Joe. You got G.I. Joe. I, mean, I mean, what was, I mean, dude, you... you I mean, the guy was walking away. You could see the young black man literally walking away. Get out my neighborhood. Dude. So yeah. I guess all the whole block is yours. You you just own yeah. the neighborhood. And, and they claim there was some altercation. But again, like you said, he, he's walking away. And, and that's what I see is like, we can't even end an altercation. We can't even walk away. It's, it's like, it's like you know how your wife chased you around the house to argue with you? And you're, trying to, <laughs> you're trying to leave. 
She's like, and another thing. I watched I watched a TikTok video where a guy had like he had a Nerf gun, but he was making a Nerf gun everything but what it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he's like trying to put on his shoes, but he's putting on a Nerf gun. Nerf gun. He mistaked the yeah. gun for the shoes. He mistaked it for a hat. He, I mean, you can't. Yeah. It, it, there, there's a a difference in weight and all of that stuff. I mean, it, you know, it's one is the right hand side, which is the dominant, the dominant of the gun. Right. The left hand side, you 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 have to be more smarter, and you have to, you know, it's, it's no, you just, don't, you don't. You, that's the point, Jeff. You do not have to be that. You you well, don't you should be. Let me say it, put it like that. You no, should be smarter. You should, you should, you know, because. Well, I guess since black lives don't matter anyway, I guess. It don't well, so what do you think? Is it is? I don't think there's going to be an acquittal, but I don't think the Chauvin dude is going to be uh, convicted on the, the charge we probably would like to see. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's all you need is a little bit of reasonable doubt. And there are, they are definitely trying to throw it in there. They are definitely trying to get it in there, get a, a ounce of reasonable doubt. And, and so, what what am I guess what I'm more upset or concerned about is I don't think you know I don't think that we're we're standing by very lightly about these things anymore as seen with how they showed up on that guy's grass there in Minnesota as right. they showed up in his house you know I think we are literally fed up we are angry we are tired and I think honestly we have a right to be I think we oh, have yeah. a right we have a right to be angry we have a right to say you know we're sick of we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're sick and tired of all these marches for peace and ain't no peace happening. We're sick and tired of these people telling us, you know, come on, man. It's, it's, it's time out for that. And, and, and as much as we do not want it to happen because we do not want any life to be lost. That's the compassionate part of, of black people in general, you know, but sooner or later, someone's going to retaliate. You know, and, and something and, and it, it, it and it will be wrong. And here's the crazy thing. Absolutely. If, if a black man goes out there and shoots a cop or something, guess what? Black people will say that's just wrong, period. Right. right. You know, the vast majority of people. But 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 if they, you know, if they, you know, do this looting and stuff, man, I'm gonna go ahead and give me some J's, doc. I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna go on ahead, you know. I've sat I've sat so many I've sat so many looting sessions out, you know, <laughs> taking the high road, taking the high road. Let me tell you. Let me tell y'all something about y'all. Yeah, blessings are laying right in front of me. Let, let me tell y'all about y'all. Y'all, y'all brother, Pastor Todd Johnson. Uh oh. I, I can still recall. You can still recall. I can still recall him sitting up on the pool pit and saying, "You know what? Y'all going out and buying y'all kids these Jordans? Yeah, I ain't, I ain't buying my son no. I, I ain't buying my son no Jordans. The other day he had twenty pair of. Uh, <laughs> those were, those weren't Jordans. Those were uh. Those are Jordashes. Allah's <laughs> got 13 pair of... Uh, uh, no, nah, them is his aunts, man. Them is his aunts and his family, man. That don't come from me. I, I tried my dad. Dad was slick. Dad let everybody else spoil us so he can get up and preach and he don't buy us nothing. Right, 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 right. I was trying to put him on. I was like, seeing trying to fit... Uh, uh. <laughs> you on your way. He, he on his way because them feet getting big. He on his way. Uh, yeah, man, but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm sticking to the plan. You know, I'm saying I ain't gonna buy none. I ain't say I wouldn't loot none. 
I didn't say I wouldn't let you know somebody open up the windows at Eastwood Mall and let you know a blessing <laughs> pour out into the parking lot. <laughs> the floodgate of Jordans. Hey, you know that's that's the benefit of being you know uh, street known. You get out and do street ministry. You got some cats around the way. Like yo, pass what you need, doc. What you need? Right, right. I get it for you. I get it for you. You didn't even have to get in trouble. By yeah. the way, shout out to my brother. I'm not gonna say his name, man, but I have you know we, I literally got an offering one time of stolen goods at the church. Like just random electronics and uh, in a Best Buy bag. So, so, so I just priced out. I just had the secretary price out the value on BestBuy.com and uh, and give the brother a given statement. Like this was worth nine hundred dollars. This random hard drive with the serial number scratched off. But hey, it was his first fruits. So, so yeah, we, we're praying. I mean, you know, I, I want a conviction. Throw the book at the dude, you know, th- th- throw the book at the dude and, and everybody else. And, and I do pray. And there are there are some very slow moving processes uh, legally. They're even saying that the Supreme Court might dig into that qualified immunity mm-hmm. that allows officers to justify, you know, uh, to justify the wrong. So we just hope that unfortunately so many lives that had to be lost they won't be in vain at least in some legal forms but uh you know until something really go wrong in this country it's gonna stay the same man because nobody gives up power without a fight and and people have power and even white people who are not a part of you know actually committing it there are just still too many apathetic individuals who just aren't willing to stand uh in, in in and out of the church by the way since that's religiously incorrect. So and since we are religiously incorrect, I just want to make it known a lot of them do have well, I, I would say they have power, they have position. Jesus have, Jesus still has the power. So that's uh, you know, we, we still gonna put it in his hands. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll, well thank you, everybody. President Harrison is in the room. We appreciate you, brother president, brother president Harrison, Michael Harrison with us. Yes, sir. Uh, your, your boy TJ Thomas is in the room with us. We 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 sent him a link. Oh, okay. uh, Thomas, Thomas, good to see you, Pastor. Thomas, that's the man. That, that brother, woo. Yeah, I think he signed out already. I think he already gave up on us. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pastor Thomas went to go baptize himself again. He said this really is religiously incorrect. All right, all right. Uh, let, let's hit my sponsor, hit our first sponsor real quick. I, I'll talk about our the, the, the Phillips Family Care of Businesses. We so appreciate uh, Fernando and Mike Phillips. And I'll start with uh, Phillips cleaning, uh, Phillips care cleaning, excuse me, residential and commercial. Don't waste your time. Let us do it. I like the other one much better, Jeff. We take care of the mess that causes you stress. That sounds like a black business. We take care of the mess that causes you stress. They do commercial, residential, floor cleaning, deep cleaning, haul in, haul out, move in, wood floor, carpet repair, a little bit of everything. And they are doing a good job doing it, servicing Trumbull, Mahoney, and surrounding areas. We are proud of them. Hit them up at Phillips Care LLC online or 330-219-7916. And while you're doing it and your grass is growing like mine is, hit up Phillips Care Lawn Services and get that lawn cut. You know it's a jungle out there. Go on ahead and let them come take care of that. Again, they do all manner of landscaping, lawn care, leaf removal, edging, trimming, Bi-weekly, weekly, spring, fall, cleanup. Call Fernando, 330-219-7916. Or look them up on Facebook at Phillips Care LLC. 
They are the people. And every time I do the commercial about the lawn care, I'm reminded that I owed him some money for cutting the focus building grass. So I guess I got to write a check now, <laughs> support black owned businesses. So uh, we appreciate them and thank them for being not only sponsors, but our inaugural sponsors. They've been with us from the jump and we appreciate it. Uh, our guest tonight, Pastor Jeff, is my sponsor. Oh, we'll do the one after that. We'll okay. do it. We'll, we'll do a little bit later. Oh, you want to do it now? Okay, Big Mike said do it now. We'll be obedient to leadership. Go ahead, Pastor. <laughs> That's what we taught us in church, right? Obey your leaders. <laughs> Bishop Mike said do it. Bishop Mike, amen. We want to uh, thank God for Five Grands Boutique, 164 High Street, Northeast Downtown Warren, Ohio. They have all the clothes for your needs. All you ladies can go in there, get blinged up, get your dresses, get your high heels. They got boots. They got uh, jewelry, they got the hats, they got it all for you. Every color, you know, y'all, y'all like those off colors, blush and uh, you know, uh, burgundy and all that stuff. Uh, check them out, uh, Five Grands on Facebook. Uh, they are open Monday through Friday, ten thirty to six. Saturday, ten thirty to three. Uh, shop Go down there, get your get your Mother's Day outfits. Don't go down there for Father's Day because they ain't got no more ties. So. Y'all, we don't got no ties for us. That's all we got is ties. Uh, but everything for y'all, y'all can go down there and check them out. Five grands. They ain't got no ties because you took them all, Jeff. <laughs> you got them all. If you want to go to the men's department, just go to Jeff's closet. He got all of it. Uh, all right. No, we appreciate our sponsors, Five Grands and Phillips Care Cleaning and Lawn Removal Service. All right, check it out. Our special guest tonight, I want to say this up front. Uh, she is obviously well beloved because we got more fire on this episode than I didn't have with some uh, top tier preachers. So we got to give her a title. But this is my big sis, uh, wonderful woman of God, mother, wife, prayer warrior. Uh, she is a mentor to our young people. Warren knows her well. We miss having their impact here, but we know that they're doing what God will have them to do. She is also the caretaker of the most famous dog in the world, Bones, by the way. Uh, she, she's his armor bearer. Uh, and she makes sure he has all he needs. But I want you to give it up for our special guest tonight, Rakia Bashir Pugh. Everybody, Woo! give us a virtual hand clap, some emotion. How you feeling? I'm good. How are you guys feeling? Oh, oh, we're doing good. We're doing good for on a Sunday night after church is over and we already ate our chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of late, but it's, I'm okay. I'm past my bedtime, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> oh, we we appreciate you being with us. It's it's a pleasure. This episode is entitled "From Faith to Faith: mm-hmm. The Journey from Islam to Christianity, from Faith to Faith." Now we had mm-hmm. a lot. A far more offensive titles for this episode that <laughs> Jeff came up with, by the way. Jeff came up with all of these titles. And Thank you. So, so if any of my brothers, uh, if any of my brothers of the Islamic faith want to, you know, I'll give you his address, I inbox you. Uh, but listen, I was trying to make the show hot. I want because I mean, yeah, I it's gonna be hot, hot all right. right. Yeah, it's gonna be hot. All right. to, I was trying to get it, get the title right, you know. Todd was ah, oh, we got it. You know, I still think it's, you know, it's all right, face to face. It's, it's going to be real hot, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Blazing hot. <laughs> well, we're here to talk uh, with our sister. You know, we could have talked to her about anything, to be honest, because right. her community experience, she works in education. 
you know, the life of a Christian woman and all of the things that are going on in our world. Uh, very intelligent, beautiful, wonderful person who has a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom. And that, that's tragic that we live in a world that really doesn't want to hear much wisdom or, or sensibility these days. But I wanted to hone in on your journey. This is religiously incorrect. Now, we are obviously an unapologetically Christian show, even though a lot of people might not be sure if, uh, if we're still Christians. But uh, uh, <laughs> Amber Harrison said, can we address this comment of oppression? Somebody stated, I don't even know if I want to get into this. Uh, <laughs> your boy, Brother Elkins, made a statement that he's never seen uh, us being oppressed and that most people of color have records who end up in trouble. Do we even want to go there tonight? Do we even want to have this? Do we want to smoke tonight? Do y'all? Hold, put that, put, put, put the comment up. I need to, let's just interrupt this program. This is a program, the bulletin this, this, is this to change is a, by the move and the Holy Spirit. Put it up again. The, the, the program is subject to change <laughs> by the move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Bishop Mike, put up Sean Elkins' comment, please. Amber says she wants all the smoke. He says, I've only been here for 36 years, so to be honest, I don't know or recognize oppression or wrong acts towards me. The people colored like me, nine times out of 10, have had a record. Still, everyone is desecrating our stand for right. I don't know. Uh, are we all speechless? <laughs> keep, li keep living. Keep living. Or read a book or watch the news. Or Check out incarceration rates. Check out incarceration rates or voter suppression or check out the black the, the black sergeant who just got pulled over the other day. Yeah, yeah, you know, he didn't have a record, but that's okay. I mean uh study history. That's it. And keep living. Walk down the street. How about that? Right <laughs> <laughs> right right over there by my job with a, a air freshener on your uh rear view mirror and see don't you get pulled over. I yeah. love you, bruh. I love you, bruh. With all my heart, but I think there's a lot more context to that. But the show is not about that. You'll have to meet us offline about something else. <laughs> Michael Harrison, <laughs> President Harrison, listen, we will have a Baptist custom session after the show is over. I'll call you and we'll just get it all out. We'll just get it all out. We, 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 we give us a few minutes, Pat, Pastor, stay on. Pastor Dad Harrison, stay on. Maybe we'll bring you on and let you say what you want to say after you calm down. After it's over. After it's over. Okay. So, anyway, we're talking about your transition, your upbringing, and maybe you could start by just giving us a little bit, the quick and dirty of your background, your upbringing of your family, and we're going to kind of unpack it uh, and, and just talk about life uh, from growing up in, in the Muslim faith and in Islamic standard and what that means to you, what that meant to you as a child, your family upbringing, your parents. By the way, love your parents to death. You already know that. Love, yeah, your love you too. Absolutely to death. Uh, big shout out to Ali and Marceline Bashir. We love you and the entire family. So go ahead, give it to us. Tell us about your upbringing, about being raised in the in Islamic faith. Okay. Um, before I do get started, I do want to um, give the greeting to any of my brothers and sisters that may be on um, most of them are fasting, so they may not. But and so I just wanted to greet them with the Islamic gesture of Assalamu Alaikum, meaning peace be unto you in Ramadan Mubarak to have a blessed Ramadan because they are fasting during this time. Um, so let me get right into it. Born and raised Muslim. I didn't know anything about the church, never knew anything about Jesus. And, you know, just coming from talking to friends, you a lot of my friends and people have grown up with some type of something about Jesus. 
or something about the church. I had nothing. I didn't know anything. All I knew was Islam. Um, I loved I loved the discipline that came with it. We were taught early to pray um, in Arabic and in English, of course. Um, but everything was just about teaching and teaching. I come from a very structured household. My father was very, very strict and everybody knew that. Um, my dad also led well, you know, growing up in Islam. Uh, he taught us how to be aware, how to be accepting of other religions. Um, and so I really got to give that shout out to my parents um, because they instilled inside of us. And we knew from a very young age to pray. If we didn't know how to do anything else, we knew how to pray. Um, when in fasting, um, we didn't have Christmas, we didn't have Easter, we didn't have Halloween, and that wasn't bad for us because we'd never had it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that we were missing out on. We had our own. We had it after Ramadan and fasting. We would have our own holiday where we would get gifts and things like that. And so it was a very natural thing growing up. And um, I'm very grateful for it because it placed in me the foundation to be the prayer warrior that I am now. Yeah. And so that transition going into, well, before I actually came into Christianity, we, we're Sunni Muslims. My parents are Sunni Muslims. They follow the teachings of Prophet Muhammad and reading of the Quran. And 90% actually of Muslims worldwide are Sunni Muslims. Okay. And so um, prior to that, I coming into Christianity, I transitioned into the nation of Islam. Because at the time, it was such a big black power movement. You felt good about who you were. And, you know, Minister Farrakhan was that fight the power. And it kind of empowered us and made us feel good about who we were. So even on some of the dates that I took later, we were going to, like, conferences, you know, where he was speaking. And, you know, um, it, it was all about education. And that's what I loved about it. It was always about empowerment and teaching. And then I made my transition into Christianity. So it was it was it was a lot, but that middle sector was kind of crazy going into the nation of Islam. It wasn't a crazy religion. I'm not calling it that. I'm saying that it took me into another place where it was just about black people and black people only. Gotcha. But it made us feel good about ourselves. Muslims are very protective over their women. And that's one thing um I felt like I didn't have when I came into Christianity. In the initial beginning, I did not feel as protected. I didn't feel um, covered as I should be. And that's one thing I feel that was missing in that link in the transition. So, you know, I kept on pursuing it. And one of the things that I really wanted to focus on was my father would challenge me. I didn't want to disappoint him. And I, I was always afraid of what he would say or how did he feel about my transition and he would, you know, I would come home, well, and just quote a scripture. And he'd be like, it's not what that means. And, you know, I'm like, yes, it is. You just don't like it. But my father, you know, looking back, hindsight, looking back, he was trying to make me true to, to what I say I believe. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So when I would say, oh, the mo- money is just the root of all evil. He was like, you sound dumb. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, because I wasn't even using it in the proper context when I was talking about it. And my dad would just pull me in. And so I'm grateful for the fact that my parents were very much aware. And they always taught me to respect other religions. And they always taught me to be very respectful to people, you know, in other religions. And I love that about it because I didn't feel the same way when I crossed over. And I felt like that was a big divide because we have not taken time 
inside of the in Christianity to actually learn about others. Right. You know, we go about what the media shows us or what we think we know. And um, it, it was it was a tumultuous ride. Uh, I want to ask about the, the Sunni to Nation of Islam. And like, mm -hmm. could you give us a time or like round about the years or how many years or like, what was it, 94, 90, you know, like, and how long did you stay like within oh. that vein for a while? I went, I started going to the, now Sunni Muslims, of course, I've been all my life, like I told you, that's all I've ever known. Um, shout out again to my parents, because I'm very grateful for that foundation. And that might be offensive to Christians, but I'm glad I was born and raised Muslim. I take very um, big pride in that because it taught us so much about giving, about prayer, about. But I started transitioning over, I believe, in 1989. OK. And I started getting into again. It was that black. You know, we used to wear the medallions and the, the kufis and all this stuff. And we would. It was just it just made us feel good. You know, public enemy fight the power and you got all these different things and it made us feel good about who we were. We were so proud to be black people. We were so proud to be Muslim. We were so proud of all of that. And it was really just a hype, really, <laughs> because I had already had the foundation and that just gave me that hype. But it also at that time, which um, the Nation of Islam has changed a lot at that time, it was a transition of where. The white man is the devil. And you know what I'm saying? So it was like the white man is the devil. There's no good that's coming out of it and all those things. And I found myself caught up in that, you know, like all white people were devils. And, you know, so I went through my my period of being prejudiced. And when I tell people that they're like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was very like, yeah, these white people just want to keep us down. And, you know. It's caught up in that. And to lump everybody together, and at that point, that's what I did. I feel so it. you're saying you're saying that the Sunni is, is Sunni. Is that the right word? Yes. Mm -hmm. Sunni is ninety percent, and the is uh, the nation of Islam is the other ten percent. The nation of Islam. I don't know where the nation really falls. I can't really give you a percentage of that. I um, and again, you know, things have changed a lot because even Minister Farrakhan has changed his message. It's not how it used to be. He's grown a lot. But I know that during that time, it was just um, an era, well, an era where it pulled us in as young people, especially that these young, you know, vibrant young people coming out of school and stuff. And it was just a place where we found identity. Are you, able, are you able to share with us? Uh, I know you said you transitioned. Are you able to share with us part of your transition? on what caused you to say, um, I want to be a Christian? Um, you know, I, I in when I was in the Nation of Islam, I um, was in a very, very bad relationship. And this person converted over. They were not actually part of, you know, they weren't born and raised like myself. And um, when I tell you about <clears throat> my transition, during this time, um, it was a very abusive relationship that I was in. And I recall um, this person actually putting, you know, we were we would physically fight. And I remember I told one of the sisters, I'm like, you know, this person keeps putting their hands on me. And I'm just sharing and confiding in her. Do you know that the brothers in the nation actually took him and beat him? They took him, they whooped his tail, you know, because he had no business putting his hands on me. Now I'm born and raised. 
whether you are in the, the nation and even with the Sunni Muslims, a lot of us were still interconnected with one another because, you know, even with my father, my father started off in the nation. And then as he grown, he became a Sunni Muslim. Yeah, well, I should, I'm not saying just my father, my father, my mother. And um, so we've all had relationships on both sides. And um, it was just a tiring moment for me going through that abuse and just feeling I was feeling hopeless. And I remember running into some people at the Eastwood Mall and I had been drinking earlier. I think I might have had a beer or something. And um, they were just talking to me and started witnessing to me. And it was like, you should just come. And I just know that the Lord wants to do. And they were seeing all these things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, OK. But again, that next morning I woke up and I'm like, uh, I should try it. Let me go see what it's see what it's about. I knew the pastor at that time. And so I felt comfortable enough to go and just to kind of hear what was happening. And it didn't happen right away. But I decided to go back again because I enjoyed the message again. Um and so one day I just decided, I just felt a pull in my spirit and I didn't even understand it. I just felt that they were having a call for prayer. And I'm like, ah. but it was so heavy on me. I'm like, I'm just going to go up. I mean, what could possibly happen? And now, mind you, I have no experience with the Holy Spirit, nothing about church, don't know anything about Jesus. I'm strictly going up there. God, can you help me? And I remember that day I had such an overwhelming experience of peace. I had an overwhelming feeling of peace and I felt very subtle and it, and I couldn't even really understand. I, I didn't really understand what it was. And I remember someone coming to pray with me and asking me, did I want to accept the Lord? And I knew that I didn't know anything about it, but I'm like, what could it, what could hurt? You know, we weren't taught to hate the religion. So I'm like, what could that hurt? Let me go ahead and just, you know, utter these words these people are saying. And I did it. And then I began to want to inquire about what is it that I just did? You know, it was really odd for me, but I wanted to know. And I just began to read. I began to study and I began to pray because that's all I knew how to do. I didn't know scripture. All I knew was I need help. God, help me. God, please help me. Can you show me what do I need to do? I don't um, like the space that I'm in. So can you help me and try to get me to understand what it is that I'm, you know, the place that I'm in now? And that's how it happened. And I can honestly say, if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't have no parts. And so I want to always encourage people, don't seek after religion per se, or don't seek after, um, I don't even really know how to articulate it, but what we have to drive home is that a relationship is needed. Yes. You have to have a personal encounter with Christ. If you don't have that, you will not have anything to sustain you. And uh, Pastor Jeff, that's what happened. I had that moment um, where I know without a shadow of a doubt that Christ did something inside of me. Wow. Nobody could tell me different. Well, Pastor Todd, I just want to say, you know, I'm not Muslim. I'm a Baptist preacher, but I believe fully that if any man put their hands on a woman, we ought to all go together and go over there. A Baptist woman. I, yeah, I, I'm promoting it. That is important. Promote, listen, That's instead of whooping, yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of fighting at the business meeting, let's go fight some abusive brothers. How about that? Let's <laughs> take all that energy about the budget. And, and it's the truth, though. You know, you can't 
And you will never, ever around brothers just walk down the street and just do a cat call on a woman or just approach her any kind of way. They're like, whoa, whoa, brother, back up. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? They That's something that they just don't play with. My father was like that. I remember growing up, my father, we would pull in the driveway and he would go and check the house before we were even allowed to go in it. Wow. He wow. would go and check the house and then he yeah. would come out and get us and then we would go in. I knew without a shadow of a doubt when I laid my head down at night that I was safe wow. and that nobody wow. could bother me. I had that type of security. So even in that relationship with my with my dad, that was just a prototype of what my relationship was going to be with Christ. Right. Wow. Wow. Now, what was the aftermath like? You become a Christian and start seeking after the tenets and principles of the Christian faith, the relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. and your culture and surroundings and, and everything that you have known up to this point is, is Muslim. Mm -hmm. So what is the response from people around you? And you can give us some good, you know, affirming, positive and some, mm -hmm. you know, anything that wasn't so, so wonderful. Yeah. Um, with my parents, um, we didn't talk much about it. I know my mom was okay with it. I wasn't quite sure of my father. And I say this because it's not that he was against Christianity. Now that I'm older, I think it was not, but a couple months ago where my father said, I'm okay with the decision you made. I'm okay with that decision. And that I'm telling you what a release that was. Wow. My father, for whatever his experience was, which will be in the book that I'm writing, okay. um, the experience that he had, he did not want me to become that which he hated to see, which was wow. hypocrisy. Wow. He did not want that for me. And um, it was very difficult. It was not an easy transition. I felt alone. I felt um, rejected. And not that they were rejecting me. It was me feeling like I couldn't share this new life, per se, with them. It was, it was, just, it was just an odd time. But they never was like, you shouldn't do it. You know, I, and let me backtrack just for a second. I do recall um, going to church one Easter with a friend from school. I was allowed to go. So I just went. And I would never forget they had a call at that time for um, prayer. And anybody who won't accept the Lord. I didn't know. I went up with my friend and I said this prayer and I sat down. Somebody called my dad before I got home to tell him what happened. That was a no-go. Wow. I was, I was I wasn't of age. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we were oh, yeah. using wisdom because that person should have been a little bit more wiser about that and they should have just prayed. Now, now when you it. say of age, are you talking I was 14, 15. But, but you're still under your father's roof. I'm under his roof. And then when I started going to church, um, it was just a lot of you can't do, don't do. You can't pray like this. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, we are not educating ourselves. And so we just look and say, oh, she's holding her hands like that. Well, guess what? That's symbolic of Islam. You can't do that. Or I would finally get to my parents, like we would go to church or something for Mother's Day. You know, second Baptist used to be good for, I'm just saying, for having oh, yeah. who brought the most per people or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. We had experiences like that in other churches. Um, we would go and all of a sudden the whole message was about Muslims. Wow. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. They will know our love. You know, we have to love. 
but instead they would just blast them. And it was like, it used to drive me crazy. And um, I remember someone telling me to go home and just get rid of all everything that represented Islam. But I'm like, I'm still living in my parents' house. Now I'm grown, but I'm still living with my parents. You know, I got um, married early because, you know, I wasn't allowed to shack up and do all of those things. So I got married at 17 and I would never forget even going through that divorce. When I started going to church, a prophet came and said, the Lord showed her my husband, not the one I was with. But she, but the Lord, but the Lord showed her. Always somebody's husband in the church. Always somebody's somebody's husband, but he was in the choir and they were like, this is your husband. The Lord showed me your wedding dress. Now I'm coming out. This, this relationship over here is bad. And I'm like, wow, man, this Jesus is, this is, this is really working for me. Because we, I come from such a strong family with my mom and my dad. I've never seen my parents argue ever in my life. If they had disagreements, I never was privy to it. And so I'm coming from this home that just believes in values and family and love. And then I get to, you know, this crazy relationship I ended up in, which was still a learning experience. And then I get over here into Christ, I mean, into Christianity. And now they see this other husband for me. And I remember the guy came over and my dad to my parents' house to pick me up. My dad said, who's out there in that car? And I'm like, so-and-so and you know we're gonna go on a date he was like if you don't get him out of here you're gonna get somebody killed doing it you know what i'm saying my dad was like you're gonna get somebody killed and i'm like well the, god said that the lord said that this is my this is the kind of stuff I'm going told what the lord said because the lord said it i guess the prophet the prophet listen the prophet every word lord i trusted these people on every word that flowed from their lips i mean now that i'm older and wiser i know better but we've got to be careful because what we say people are so hungry and so thirsty our words are so powerful they'll take them and just eat 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 yeah and i'm doing some crazy stuff and i'm like trying to date and get out of a marriage at the same time it was some it was foolishness it was foolishness uh if you don't mind i want to turn the corner and your story is just so powerful and encouraging and, and, and enlightening uh, because you're giving us the real about how we relate to others and, and how to do it correctly. But I heard a few themes and uh, Pastor Jeff and I address a lot on this show. Obviously, we kind of come in with the obvious uh, viewpoint of Christianity that many people have. We obviously know that through and through, but we also know the genuine, sincere you know, even within traditions of days gone by, we understand that there's a certain sincerity behind it, even though if it's sloppy, sloppily <laughs> represented. Mm-hmm. But I, I heard a few themes and it, it, it struck me that many of the themes that you mentioned relating to the Islamic faith, being a Muslim, are often promoted in some way or another in Christianity. Now, whether they're properly practiced or not is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But the very ideas are often and they're rejected in the Christian context, but not in the Muslim context, or maybe they are. So strictness, moral mm-hmm. codes, you know, that kind of uh, strict relationship, you know, obviously strictness in the home. Uh, you can't, you know, I'm gonna make my kid go to be a part of the religion that's under my roof and all that. We're hearing the opposite. When you hear that kind of thing, dressing codes, of course we know church. If, if, you, if you go to church and say something about dressing, covering, whatever, you're judging, you're this, you're that. I heard a lot of stuff from you 
that if a Christian said it, they'd be the most judgmental person in the world mm -hmm. towards that person. Why do you think that is? And what's the difference between the religious context that makes it acceptable there, but not acceptable in the Christian context? I think um, for for my experience, it was consistent. Okay. It was a consistent thing. And, you know, again, the households are different today. What was said was said and it was, they didn't owe us any explanation. This is just how it is. You know, even I don't I, I all I can say is that there is a consistency there and and that may be the difference. Because okay. right now we've given too much leeway that people can't say, oh, now you're judging. And God says, come as you are. And there's no more holiness. No more, you know, no more things because we've given people this false um, power that they could just I don't know. I don't really know how to say it, but. We have given people this voice that's just not. It's not scripture. It's not. And there's a lack of consistency because you have this over here. Like when you see us as Muslims, all of us look the same. We're going to look the same. Even to this day, you'll never catch me in anything skimpy, you know, small, a lot revealed. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. I, even I'm not even comfortable. I can. I can address a little bit. I had to revamp a lot of things coming to Georgia because what I was wearing is not going to cut it down here. Right. Even if it's a summer dress all the way down to my ankles, it's too hot. <laughs> right. It's too hot down here. But I believe that there is a lack of consistency. Um, and it's just, that's just what it is. It's just taught all the way across the board. Uh, my, my wife just commented free will. Does, does the idea of free will and having your own personal relationship exist in the Muslim faith? Or is it adhering to the code of the values and morality and principles of the faith? You're adhering to the yeah. code, the moral and the values. Um, <clears throat> you know, I used to watch my father and we would do it, too. But I'm just using him as an example of going to, to you know, to uh, pray. And they would do something called ablution and we would have to wash behind our ears and all these different things before you can start praying. And I'm over here in Christianity like, well, I'm just glad I can go to God any old kind of way. But then when I started looking, when I started studying more and just looking at my life, I understood. It was almost again, what he was doing was cleansing himself physically. To pray. And here we are, we can come to God any old kind of way we want. And sometimes we come in and we're filthy. We have we, we've been raggedy and just jacked up. And then we think we can just run into the presence of God any old kind of way. You see how they parallel to one another. Like it's not it's not really it's a book called um, oh, Islam and Christianity. I believe it's like it talks about how close that they run together. OK. And a lot of people don't know that Muslims believe in Jesus. They believe that he was a prophet. Right. What separates us is the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Right. But they do believe in Jesus. But before we can even get there to fellowship with you, we're already being blasted. Nobody wants to hear it. It's almost like we have leprosy because you don't want this Islamic stuff coming to your house or you don't want these Muslims in your church. And I have experienced that. I've watched my family have that um, rejection. And it's, and it's very painful and it made me very angry at the church. Right. 
And again, if I could say anything now, I'm saying we as I wish we as believers would take on the mindset that my dad taught us is that get to know about who they are. Now, I'm not saying no cult or some satanic worshipers. I'm not saying that. But when you're dealing with Jews or when you're dealing with Muslims, get involved and, and figure out what they believe and why. Not saying that you have to convert to that, but then you have an understanding where you can go into relationship with that person and you can begin to dialogue and have a healthy dialogue about it. Absolutely. But a lot of times we don't do that. We just talk about it and we just keep it moving. When I got to church, if I have I had my hair covered one time and a lady told me I couldn't wear my hair covered. And I didn't even understand why. I wasn't gonna take it off because my hair was jacked that day, but I covered my hair. I used to love just covering my hair. I was used to it, and she told me I couldn't do that. Hmm. You know, it was a lot of things that was just said because people did not have an understanding of what Muslims were about. And I'm only speaking for that because that's what we're talking about today. Right. They didn't understand, so they're just like, oh, that represents the devil. Take that scarf off. You can't pray like that. Don't do that. Don't do this. And I was literally felt I felt like I was going crazy to the point where I fought somebody at church. Do we have video evidence of this? <laughs> now we're no. being religiously incorrect now. <laughs> we always end up talking about somebody fighting somebody. So let's 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 unpack this fight. Who threw the first blow? <laughs> I, I think because <laughs> I got to the point where let me tell you, just being it, <laughs> let me hope somebody out today help them out when we were in a prayer circle and I was just feeling like the people that were there weren't really who they were in this prayer circle oh we got some witnesses commenting so <laughs> we, we we would I would that would be with them and they would be one way outside the church then we come in and they would just be praying and stuff and so one day I was just really confused and I'm like before I stay there because again I was tired you cannot be disrespectful so I was just going to bow out gracefully. I stepped out of the prayer circle. I joined people's hands together and I proceeded to walk out the door. Well, this person followed me and I went into the coat room to get my stuff so I can leave. And they came in there like, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay here. And and all I could do is fight or flight. It's like, I bet I don't like I'm a whole grown woman. You're not going to tell me I'm going to stay here in church. And my dad was so disappointed. He didn't find out till later that he was like, what? Uh, no wonder they thought you, you know, and they, he went on and on. He was like, no wonder they thought you had a demon in you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, oh we got some testimonies coming forward. Rakia, you've been, no, throwing, the no, first no. You've been throwing the first blow since Eastside softball. <laughs> well, okay. So one thing about coming from my household, um, again, I was trained and I know how to protect myself. Protect I've yourself. always known how to protect myself. Protect you. My dad would give me strategies. My parents gave me strategy on how to. We are not um, punks. Well, I can't say me because that was my, you know, they don't raise no punks. Put it that way. That's it. I love it. I let, love me it. Ask you, let me ask you this. You mm -hmm. and your husband do a lot of mentorship programs and you guys mm -hmm. work with a lot of youth. Are there strategies that you've learned from your past uh, religion or relationship that you had in Islam that you take and you use with these kids that you're mentoring? Because I think a lot of them could use some of the discipline and some of the, you know, st structure that comes from the Islamic faith. Um, I would say, yes, we do. Um, for myself, I know that it's more so listening, just being able to listen and it doesn't matter who it is. It's all about prayer. 
I'm going to teach them how to get it through because I'm not going to always be with you. Right. Like right now, everybody under your household should know how to pray. I don't care if they just know they need to know who to call when these mass shooters are coming in the school. They need to know how to respond. I'm telling you, we it's almost to the point of being insane. I'm telling you, but I'm so alert. Mm-hmm. It's almost it can almost make you crazy sometimes. It's like, did I check the door? Let me go ahead and check it again. Because if somebody coming here is going down, but we teach them um, prayer, fasting to empty out. And you know, of course, you're saying, well, you can't mentor these kids about fasting. Yeah, yes, you can. And that that doesn't necessarily mean from food. It might be from what they're hearing. Right. It might be from what they're right. eating. You can always say, back it up. You know. So that that's something that we actually instill is prayer, fasting, and making sure we listen. Because again, when I decided to leave the church, this person didn't want me to leave. I'm saying I need a break. Let me go. They refused to do that. And when they refused to do it, I tore the coat room completely up. That's what I'm talking about. Knocking off candles, choir robes, all of it. And then after that, they were like, yeah, you know, you had this demon come over you. And I'm like, I didn't. I knew. I knew exactly what I was about to do because you wouldn't let me leave. Like, let me out the door. Like, that's scary to me. You're going to tell me I can't leave the building? But the the bad part is, is that right after that, the pastor confirmed it. He's like, yeah, you had a demon. I'm like, you weren't even here. Like, I promise you, y'all, I didn't snap out. I didn't black out or nothing. I knew that I'm about to clock this person because they won't let me out of here. Like, I knew it. Now, y'all can call it what you want, but I wasn't overtaken by something that just had me going crazy. No, sir. Mm-mm. No. It's sad that we have to make things a religious experience. We have to. We have to use it away. Just human Human, human uh, things that happen. Like, we do have a question from the audience, and that is, uh, uh, do you beat up bones? Uh, <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> bone, bone, yeah, he gets his share. He gets his share. He He's gets trying his to come back, but he doesn't get as much as he should. But yes, I do. I spent, yes, bones get it too. Call him Peter. Bones <laughs> <laughs> get okay. Let me let, let me switch gears because you mentioned about how and I we, we believe it. The, the, the one thing Jeff and I have to wrestle with, and I think an entirely new generation of, of Christians and pastors and those that have been around and, and like a Farrakhan seen the error of how so many things were approached is we have to clean up the mess mm-hmm. of so many decades. And this is just our generation, not counting before that. Mm-hmm. So many de- decades of mishandling individuals of different faiths, persuasions not showing love, claiming everything's a demon, all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes it feels almost irredeemable because if you were to ask us, now black Christians are the villains. And it's not totally unjustified because there's a lot of negative, like you said, hypocrisy, inconsistency, judgmental behavior, uh, just you know, exploitation, bad mm-hmm. behavior, excused behaviors, uh, lack of uh, holding ourselves accountable, And it's become such a toxic. And in my mind, as a younger man, I'm seeing people who believe something about the church and they halfway have not even gone to a church. But it's become so common in the mindset. And and it's not common. It's not wrong with grandma, mama. You know, the reason they stopped going to church and all that is totally real. But now it feels like the intolerance sometimes goes the other way where the. The, the, the fools, 
you know, the ones who aren't doing what's right are people who still adhere traditional church. And of course, I pastor traditional church. I never thought I'd be pastoring and <laughs> found a lot of wonderful, sweet. And of course, I see the warts. I see the scars. I can see patterns and trends like, wow, y'all must have been off the chain. If y'all like this and y'all 80, good God, if you was 50, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I also see a lot of sincerity underneath the covers that, again, when people don't get to know what's there. Yeah. And sometimes it does feel like there's this toxic hatred now. And, you know, Christianity is the number one thing that's attacked often. The memes, the quotes, the misrepresentation, yeah. all yeah. y'all preachers are crooks misrepresenting the Bible sometimes and what we believe. I, I thought y'all believe this, but the Bible say this, and it's some scripture out of context, you know, <laughs> terribly out of context. Nothing. <laughs> and of course, we're all, you know, slave, white man religion. Like, is there a redeemable way to rebuild that bridge? What you just said about the respect that your father preached, you know, for all religions, there's definitely a disrespectful tone towards Christianity. Mm -hmm. in, in the popular conversation these days, in particular mm -hmm. the Black community. And so how do you feel we can bridge that? Do you feel that that's a reality? And, and what can be done and what can we do? What should others do? What do you think? I, I don't think it's going to be done more so with us saying stuff. It's not going to be what we say. It's going to be a consistent walk, but they're going to have to see the power of God demonstrated hmm. because we've come so far away from that. And we've been allowed, we've allowed this foolishness to go on for so long. Uh, and I and I do see so many people attacking Christianity as if that's the only religion that has hypocrisy in it. Right. It's not. Unpack it. But that showed you Unpack they're coming, Unpack uh, that. they're just coming from a, such a such a shallow mindset. I'm like, that's all they can do. Well, the church is this, the church is that. You know what? Okay, well then take the church out of the equation. Where's your relationship at? Hmm. Because I'm gonna tell you when that when I when I came into relationship. With Christ, there was a change that happened. There was a shift that happened. And I'm gonna tell you, my eyes were so open and I was so sensitive to the spirit of God that I would ask questions and I genuinely did not know what, you know, sometimes what we're talking about. We're up there singing, we shall overcome. I'm like, how? The Bible says we have overcome. So can we change the words? Because now I'm like, what if my sisters come and they're, you know, they're not coming back to evening service. So we got to give them something now. Yeah. It was like, well, just don't sing. Hmm. It's nice, nasty. Right. And we've been nice, nasty for too long. What we have to do is we're going to be consistent, have to be consistent. Ty and Pastor um, Jeff, we're going to have to be consistent, be authentic be real about it because there's real no way it's going to take the intercessors to really go before God seriously to make this change happen because we've allowed foolishness for so long. How much Just of it so do long. you, how much of it do you feel is a, a certain toxicity between as black people that, mm -hmm. that there can only be one. And sometimes we bounce between extremes where we are extremely just pretending to be Christianized. Yeah, yeah. And now we have to all just pretend how unchristian and unchurchy we are, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then you hear a lot of that. I have my own relationship with God. Right. I do have my own understanding. And you all in there are trying to tell me to follow any sort of pattern, you know, discipline, fellowship course giving anything god help me with that with a dollar or two you know but there, there's that idea that they're speaking your language but not showing your fruit so everyone's 
talking. I'm not lifting you up or boosting you, but I'm saying that there are people who may not be traditional churchified and all up the choir robe, skirt and all that. But you do see the fruit of life. But we have people who have picked up the terminology, but are not mm -hmm. actually showing any of it. And it's just become the whole. See, this is why I don't go to church. Right. See, this is why I don't. Go. And actually, some of those people probably could really use the structure, the discipline, yeah. the instruction, the mentorship. Mm -hmm. I tell young men all the time. Even if you don't believe right now, there's a lot of good black men up in this building that could probably Absolutely. be a great connection for you. Yeah. You're looking for a job. You need legal help. You need all kind of stuff. And the church is still one of the primary places, messy and all, where you can probably run into a good person who might help you out along the way. I truly believe there's a remnant and all these. There is a remnant out there of us that truly love God and that want to see the power of God demonstrated. I think I want to go ahead and just destroy the myth that people say, I don't need to go to church. You know, I don't need you. The structure is needed. The fellowship is needed. Definitely. More than that, the accountability is needed. We need to be accountable. And so when we start saying, you know, I ain't going to the church. I don't like because I remember I said that, but I was doing that based off of an offense. And I was just like, I never want to be affiliated with the church again. And then I had sisters that came in and they're like, well, let me let me talk to you about this offense. And let's deal with it. But a lot of times people use that because they don't want any accountability. It's That's foolishness. And sometimes you can just go on Facebook and look at their posts and see that there's no accountability. I'm 47 and there are certain things I will not say, I will not do. And I can do all things are lawful. I can do what I want to do. I'm grown. But I won't do it because I have a mom and dad that I represent. And if they have their own relationship, then they should have a God that they represent. And it's not, you know, it's 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 like a lot of we and we've done that inside of the, the the church as well. We've given people excuses. I remember um, saying, "I just got this stronghold. I just thing got a stronghold over me, a stronghold." And um, my aunt came up and she said, "Is that a stronghold, or do you just like doing it?" <laughs> right. And guess what? When I but when I sat and thought about it, I'm like. But somebody told me it was a stronghold. So I took the stronghold and that's what it was. And I wasn't fighting. I wasn't fighting right. nothing. Right. There was no fight there to, 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 to change or to be different in that particular right. area. But you told me it was a stronghold. So I took it. Right. I, I love it. And, and moving forward, even imagery of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know how precious people of the Muslim faith keep the image of Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And how most people respect that because of how protective they are. And they will, again, let you know, you know, when you do it. Now, you open up Facebook and Instagram, you got Jesus playing basketball, Jesus talking about sundress season, you know, just these images that are sacrilegious. They, they are sacrilegious. Now, honestly, Christians have made clowns of themselves because we joke about ourselves so much. Then we get mad when someone goes too far with it but we're so flippant about christian imagery mm -hmm. you don't see that obviously in the muslim faith you don't see that in the public sphere too much you got some folk that try to push the envelope but mm -hmm. not a whole lot now mm -hmm. I, does that go back to the brothers that'll mess you up i mean is it basically just the brothers mm -hmm. will come visit you yeah they're not they're not playing no games with you uh, let me tell you a group of them went over to newcastle and cleaned a whole project up from there was a lot of drugs and all of that just infested with drug and all that activity. They went in there unarmed. 
And if I can find that article, I'll definitely get it over to you. And they cleaned that up. They was out there, brother, no, we're not doing that here. No, we got sisters and we got our babies here. You know what I'm saying? These are our brothers and sisters. You're not going to sell that here. And they cleaned that right. whole area up to the point where the police gave them the free apartment out there to use as their headquarters. Wow. 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 You know, because they weren't playing those games. We're so afraid to say something because people were going to be. And, and again, um, as you were saying, Pastor Todd, we've done that inside of the body of Christ. We've done that to each other. We've, we've, we've done that to each other where we make um, a mockery out of one another. Like right now, I'm like, OK, there's very few pastors that speaking on social justice. Mm -hmm. Very few. And I bet people are like, oh, y'all pushing the envelope. You need to bring it down a little bit. No, this is what we want to see. I know this is what I want to see. Right. Do you know how unsettling that is to be in a place where, and I never felt like I ever really fit in the church. I'm just going to let you know that. I never felt like I really belonged because I felt like we were just content with just sitting there and shining a light in each other's eyes. And that's it. It's not that, That's all we do. We're so excited about a new song. We cry. We snot. We fall all over. And then we get up and we just life as usual. Right. No changes happen. No impact has happened. And so we really got to change the narrative for that. And again, it's going to be through consistency. It's going to be through prayer. But consistency is everything. I love it. I love it's it. Too much flip flopping. Just to piggyback off of what Pastor Todd was saying, I think so often. I think you know when we look at the Bible and when Jesus. Um, ran into the tree that had the leaves with no fruit. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, that's a very important thing to look at because oftentimes we have these, what I call cosmetic Christians that are made up, but not made over, you know, mm -hmm. and they, they come in and they, they wear the right clothes and they say the right things. And sometimes they don't even, they don't come to church. But the one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I know we're, we're almost out of time here is that, and I, you know, for years, I would see these guys um, out on the corner and they would be having their 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 newspapers and they'd be selling newspapers and they'd be selling the bean pies. And, you know, and it's, I literally don't see it anymore. No. And it breaks my heart. I'm here in Georgia and I don't see it as often. And it, and it hurts my heart because they were getting their gospel out by any means necessary. They're walking through cars. You almost like, hey, brother, OK, let me get this. But they were out there. It's hot as molasses, and they're out there in a full suit. Right, right. They're willing to get in the trenches, and then. So, do you see some of the same trends? Is it is it bouncing off Pastor Jeff? Is it some of the same trends like Christianity? Like people are now these brothers that got so many Farrakhan clips online. There's so much being shared in groups and social media that Christianity. We've done the same thing. We living off of TD Jakes clips. We living off of you know. And I know there there are main speakers I see frequently from the Islamic faith or who represent nation of Islam, or at least that line of thinking. And I watched that being shared like crazy and stuff. Yeah. So have they sort of abdicated to just more of that, you know, what do they call it? An echo chamber of, you know, truth being shared amongst themselves and not really hitting the streets in the same way. Christians have abandoned evangelism. It appears, that way. It appears yeah. that way. And I can't really say for sure because I've kind of been, you know, I still, like I said, have my um, connects, but it's just not like it was. We had, a bomb community growing up. We loved it. And a lot of them migrated here to Georgia, but it was so many of us. We had computer classes. We had Arabic classes. We had things preparing us. And now I, I don't see it. And when I went to old national here and places where I knew they were, they're not there. And it broke my heart. Right. 
Right. So it's the same thing happening in Christianity and in Islam. Somehow, some way, there's been a fizzle out in these areas. I can't speak for everywhere. Right, right. I, I want to kind of switch gears to the end in this ending segment, so to speak. Uh, talking about unity among uh, Black people, regardless of our faith, and where we can learn to have respect, because disrespect has become a huge standard among our people. Uh, you know, I, re- I was probably more hostile a few years back as the woke movement, that, that sort of resurgence of African culture, because mm-hmm. first of all, it felt like an attack because obviously we're one of the targets, you know, you Christian yeah. preachers weren't leading you the right direction. So now we snapping back, we snapping back and it's just all this, all that. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels pretty equal. It don't feel like I have the bully pulpit anymore. Cause I don't like the guy 30 years ago did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, the, the, the trend has changed, but then I've learned like we are actually impeding our own progress mm-hmm. by spending so much time poking holes. I mean, yeah. In one another, and, and and you do feel like like I don't read the Quran to look for try to make you a hypocrite, or I don't look up, but you feel like there has to be ways we can look past. And again, I love and revere your father for, and I know that's his spirit because he comes by second here and there. You know, he stops through, and I love that. I love when I see them that that we have to learn how to build a mutual respect and almost mature, almost like our white counterparts have done in understanding religious differences do not have to impede racial progress. Yeah. And a new generation like Pastor Jeff and I, uh, I think somebody commented, you can find a comment, Big Mike, about the imagery of Jesus. And we were raised in you know whitewashed religion and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. We are so far beyond that. And we are a part of a generation that is trying to make sure we push the yeah. true imagery and nature and, and related. Mm-hmm. We're even mm-hmm. almost seeing a throwback and it's only a few of us, unfortunately, because I know Pastor Jeff about the only dude I can count on. If I hit the street, he's going to be there. Yeah, and out of 40 other pastors in the area, if something go down, you probably won't see. You'll, you'll see a statement in the paper three weeks later, but you yeah. probably won't see nobody at the police station mm-hmm. making noise. But we're trying to push that narrative and let our brothers and sisters know we're there with you. And we're yeah. trying to correct and bring the church in line with the social justice issues. We are seeing a repeat of the late 60s and early 70s where... We are seeing the need to get aggressive, even from our pulpits. Yes. That that just the prayer time ain't working. This, this yep. ain't, you you know, and our white and black preacher friends. Our generations are frustrated with us using fifty-year-old methods to solve contemporary problems, mm-hmm. and we're almost beating ourselves down in our blackness. Almost ashamed to call ourselves a black church anymore. Yeah, because we think that if we just pray with a few white people. And truth be told, they still going to go and be Blue Lives Matter, vote for Trump, you know, uh, the black kids (laughs) after they get done praying. And so we're trying to be more Afrocentric, but we see the barriers of disrespect. And I didn't mean to be so long about it, but we see the barriers of disrespect and mockery. We're like, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sit down at the table with you, but you're creating a problem. Every time you comment, I'm like, dude, let's meet at the church and talk this out. Let's all chat. Let's get our brothers together. And then we don't see the response. Mm-hmm. of how we can actually do something together. Uh, how do you feel we can try to get to a better place working through our religious differences? First, I want to just say thank you for you both being out there in the trenches because it's not easy. Because sometimes, you know, Pastor Todd, I'd be wanting to call you, be like, dude, just back up, get, come to the do something, like for real, like bring your family, come down for a while, <laughs> take a break because I, I feel, bad, I feel like, because if you have, like, 
if you feel like that, think about how our elders feel. Think about how my dad and his wow. age is feeling or what he's seeing. This is this has to be depressing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's almost like we're going back and, and all of this, and it's just very troubling in his spirit, and I know that. So I can only imagine what you're feeling. Um we've gotta we've we we've I don't really know if I have the appropriate answer. Because I'm an intercessor by nature. I'm a prayer warrior. And so my first line of defense is attacking that thing spiritually. However, um, we're going to have to have an uncomfortable dialogue with these people and walk away knowing that when they show you who they are, you got to believe it. Like, stop going to the table to eat with them. They don't really want you there. I don't know if that was the right thing to say, but that's how I feel. It's religiously incorrect, so it is the right thing. That's right. That's right. They don't want you at the table. We keep on saying, can we please come to your table and eat? They don't want they don't want you at the table. Well they'll feed you poison. I think we feed you poison. I think we have to have a methodology of using some of the methods that uh, people like Brother Farrakhan uses. You know, I can remember and I'm watching frequently him they asking him, Do you hate white people? He said, I'll hate my mama if she done what y'all done. Mm-hmm. And that's just a truth. That is a truism that regardless of, regardless of color of your skin, what you're doing is wrong. That's How, you're wrong is wrong. Yeah. How you're treating the young black men and the young black ladies in America is wrong. And if Absolutely. we don't stand up and say it, ain't nobody else going to say it. So yeah. we got to get to that point. And we got to use some of these methods and we got to bring some of them to the table because if we're scared to say it, somebody got to say it. Maybe we pray in the background. Mm-hmm. That's, in the background. that's it. Yeah. I let crazy dude, you know, get up and say what he got to say. <laughs> but, but, but again, <laughs> we can do so much more. And I, I've said it, I think I said it offline. The toxicity between within the culture mm-hmm. is almost to the point where I have some brothers and sisters that have great ideas, but they're so disrespectful towards Christianity. I can't even stand next to you. I have to answer to my church because you're so disrespectful to our faith. Mm-hmm. You're, there are people that would support your effort, maybe even fund your effort. Yeah. Ooh, but but the 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 rhetoric, the hate, the memes. I got 80, 90 year old church members that are on Facebook too, and they're reading this like, oh, that's your friend, and they feel this way about us. Yeah, well, we know one another. And, and 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 again, what you said at the beginning about the fire you all have taken, people of other faiths and religion, mm-hmm. and the way the church beat them down, it's almost justified. But it's totally unproductive still. Yes. And I, I said recently that those who are not of traditional Christian faith and have seen many things wrong with organized religion have had a prime opportunity to show us how to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. They've almost turned mm-hmm. into the clapback preacher. Though mm-hmm. I got the bully pulpit. I can get the likes. I can make a video and blast the, the church, my black Christian brothers and sisters. So I'll use my bully pulpit the same way somebody did yeah. 20, 30 years ago. And I'm like, so that's that's actually, and sometimes I feel the white man sits back and is glad to see us fussing mm-hmm. and fighting at each other. Yeah, fighting each other. Over dumb stuff, mocking one another's faith and traditions and you know whatever, correcting, whatever you want to call it, because we're doing the job they don't have to do. And we're doing it in a way that they could never do it. They could yeah. never get in between. I always say, I have to love you for you to hurt me. You can't hurt me if I don't actually like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that's what's happening is we actually are hurting each other with the rhetoric and the pushback and the and the and the toxicity towards each other. So that when the time does come to, as uh, Adrian just said, build our own table, we won't want to sit at a table with each other. Right. 
Because even now we have all the a, a gazillion churches all on the same block. And everybody wants to, you know, have their own kingdom. This is like, why do we have so many? Let's get together and figure this thing out. Will that ever happen? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I appreciate it. I want to put Yusuf's uh, comment up, and, and we're going to uh, we're gonna close on that. He said, 100% truth. It's a big turnoff that the black church has often been too afraid to do what the Muslim faith and the black community has stood up to take on. And that is why so many people in the 60s and 70s crossed over to Islam. Accurate. And the willingness to take on very strong and decisive fights against white superiority. And I, I appreciate that comment because it, it is a true reality. Mm -hmm. And again, those of us who are now on this side of history, we see it and understand. Yes. And then when we see the trends of our world taking a regressive place when it comes to racism, not that it ever really was progressing as much as people claim it was, but the open vitriol that has come under the last, basically since President Obama. Yeah. You know, since he got uh, to the highest office in the land that w we we're seeing the necessity for it. And I, you, you already know, sis, I'd sit in meetings with my brothers who I love, but I'm like, you just don't understand how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We you don't understand how I was young, 30s, you know, late 20s, early 30s. You don't understand how we're feeling. We feel like this sucker can flip over any minute. <laughs> but you've been working at Delphi so long and you got your house. Absolutely. You, you, your kids don't even live here no more. So you don't have to, you didn't send your kids off somewhere and you got up out of this hood, most of them. I'm up in here and going to these schools with my kids. So yeah. it's like a different fire. And so I'm grateful that a generation, we have some strong voices and Dr. Freddie Haynes and Otis Moss and even Jamal Bryan and William Barber. And we do have new voices taking that baton from the Christian side. It's just about finding ways to bridge the, bridge the gap and speak about what matters to us all, regardless of how we worship in our own sacred yeah. times. Uh, we can get to that point. We can get a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole mentioned the ballad of the bullet. I love that speech by Malcolm X. He said it at the top. You relieve our religion at the door. And that doesn't mean I take religion out my heart. Right. It means that I've come to address a particular issue. And yeah. when a black boy yeah. gets shot, you know, and, and like we had in Niles Matthew Burks, unfortunately, there was a, a too, way too many non-Christians. I don't want to say too many, but but for us to be the church, there was a whole lot of folk that believed other things that was that were saying his name more than people. Yeah, in the pulpits. Yep, yep. So, I mean, I, I appreciate the dialogue, Jeff. Do you want to add anything? Yeah, we'll bring in Big Mike to close us out. Thank you so much for being with us today. I, I loved it. Every everything you talked about, I loved it. Thank you very much. It, it was amazing. You you are amazing. We're gonna have to have you back. Maybe we'll have an interfaith dialogue. But but I want everybody watching to give it up. Uh, for Rakia Pugh, Rakia Bashir Pugh, our beautiful black sister. And I love your commitment to your yeah. upbringing, the faith of your childhood, and how you've applied those principles. That is a model for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, people don't like a preacher to say that, but well, it's religiously incorrect. Tune out and catch me on Sunday. But <laughs> that's a model for all of us that that is obviously fed the deepness of her faith in Christianity, what was imparted and given to her by her parents and still modeled by the way, because mm -hmm. you see that, go by Milton Street and you will find two beautiful people who are living the same thing that they taught them. And every time I see them, warm welcome, never been treated like anything other than another young black brother that they love. And that's a testament to your family and your family's strength. 
And we pray strength for your father and your mother. Yes. We love your family and thank you all so much. And you already know if you need anything, you already know we're here yeah, for you. You got me. Thank at you. Any, at any time. Uh, we want to hit our last sponsor and then bring in uh, Big Mike. And I know we're over time, but this was just one of our best episodes. You didn't give us all the views. Yes. You didn't got all, you didn't brought the whole crew out. Uh, we want to shout out the, from the Phillips Care family of businesses, uh, Phillips Care Training. They just don't clean. They just don't cut grass, but they will get you fit tight and right. Phillips Care Training are the new owners of High Street Fitness in Cortland. You know, we didn't come a long way. We got black businesses in Cortland. They're running a special. Religiously <laughs> uh, <laughs> incorrect, y'all. Uh, Mike Phillips is the owner operator. He does a phenomenal job. Y'all know what kind of athlete he was at Warren Harding and at Pitt University. He never stopped being a wonderful athlete and a wonderful man, now husband and father and believer. And he does an incredible job. He's one of our sponsors from the Phillips Care Family of Businesses. Hit him up at 330-984-7632 or stop by High Street Fitness at 277 South High Street in Cortland. Drive the speed limit and do not put any air fresheners <laughs> in your mirror. Come on, Big Mike, shut this preacher up. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I don't know what to say. I've learned so much tonight. Um, I, I've, I've always been one to kind of respect, excuse me, to kind of respect different religions. You know, I always wanted to learn what, what everybody else was doing, what everybody else was believing. You know, um, some of the older folks, you know, they kind of turn their nose up to it, this and that. But, hey, I was always that curious guy. So thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate you coming on tonight. And um, the, the discussion was so good. Uh, we got to have you back. Got to have, have you back. Got to have you back. <laughs> you a religiously incorrect all-star. <laughs> got to have you back. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I, have, I do have one question, though. What do you say to white evangelical Christians when they talk about all the violence in the Quran? Um, you know, let me say this. There's not a lot of violence in the Quran. That's such a myth that Islam promotes violence. It is not a violent religion, just like in any, you know, we deal with the KKK. They're a Christian organization, right? Right. I kind of get a little, you know, I got to watch because I have the way I answer it. But I just need those um, evangelicals to just be quiet. Okay. okay. They, they should not say anything. Right, right. If they're right. not fighting with us, just be quiet. No doubt. I feel that. And I say that with all of my conviction. <laughs> all of it. Every single drop of it. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Jeff, uh, we have to hit this ad, man. We can't forget this ad. Sorry. Oh, the uh, Five Grands Boutique, located at 164 High Street Northeast, downtown Warren Store. Store hours are Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 3 uh, 20, you can shop 24-7 at shop5grands.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, the boutique for the busy woman that needs an easy style. Rosalind Hill at Five Grands. Owner. Owner. All right. All right. Um, any final comments, questions, anything real quick? 
I'm just Before full, we go. Full, I feel wiser. Beautiful. I feel more knowledgeable. I appreciate no you for being uh, willing to come on. You've done an incredible, excellent job, and we just thank you so much. And we love you. I'm going to put on my overcoat. I'm going to grab about 20 black men and we're going to march down to the. I, I didn't mention it, but you know, all we know about Islam is from Malcolm X. So we all, we demand to see Brother Johnson. Let me tell you, let me tell you this before I go, and I'm going to be really quick. Um, there was a store on our street with this Muslim, but he sold a lot of liquor, like we see all in our community. They got that petition going. Shut him down, and that store has not been opened at all on Nows Road at all. Wow. So you can do it. It's dry. It's dry. I'm gonna my dad like, you're a Muslim, but yet you pumping this poison. Something's got to give. Right. He yep. confronted him. Gone, and that had you know on Nows Road, right across from your in that empty lot. There it's has not been still dry. Yep, it's still dry over there. So Absolutely. you can do it. Dry up the community. Yes. yes. Dry it up. It's too many. Of the, it's too many stores. I'm just. That's it. Right. I feel it. Uh, for everybody who's tuning in for the first time, this is the Religiously Incorrect Podcast. We do this every Sunday night at 9 o'clock sharp. So join us. Uh, we're live on Facebook, live on YouTube. So if you came in in the middle of this episode or toward the end, you didn't sort of see the whole thing, check us out on our YouTube channel, Religiously Incorrect. Um, like also, everything. Like us, follow us. Like us, share it, all of that, man. <laughs> Spread the word. Spread the word. Also, our audio will be av available early next week. We are on uh, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. If they have podcasts, we're on there. So Black download Planet. it. <laughs> I don't know if we're on Black Planet, but yeah, we everywhere else, though. We <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you guys. I That's appreciate it. you guys. Thanks for having me. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock. Rock <laughs> <landed on her. laughs> Take us out, Big Mike. All right, peace, y'all. See y'all next week. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, guys.